Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Emily Pereira. Emily, welcome to the show. Hello, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for joining us from Costa Rica. (laughs) I love that. Happy to be here. I'll bet you are. (laughs) (laughs) So Emily Pereira is an international retreat leader. She's a certified yoga teacher, gateless trained writing teacher, and life coach specializing in helping women manifest their dream relationship. She's also the author of a forthcoming book entitled The Quest. Well, Emily, that's short and sweet. Is there anything you want to add to this kind of background so we have a better understanding, or is that complete? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, how do you really wrap up 40 years of existence into, you know, a little bio? But um, I would say at the moment, one other thing on there is that I am a mindful mama. I have a 17-month-old baby as of next week, as of Christmas, and I'm here in the Costa Rican jungle building the Spirit Nature Retreat and Wellness Center with my beloved, um, who I met here in Costa Rica. Fantastic. Congratulations and and happy birthday to your little one. (laughs) Thanks. That's fantastic. So, as you might have guessed, we're going to be talking about partnership today. And, and the way I always like to start is to find out, like, what for you personally is that kind of guiding principle or, or touchstone, quote, whatever you call it, that thing that you come back to whenever you feel like you've kind of gotten off track in your partnerships? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, it's really the guiding principle that I have for life in general. That is, I am personally responsible for creating every single thing in my life for my benefit and evolution. And so what that does is takes me out of that place of victim, of blame, oh, putting the finger that somebody else is doing something that is, you know, making my reality not so good and bringing the onus back onto me. And in that place, that's where I feel like it's not a Groundhog Day situation where we can actually move forward. Nice. Nice. And, you know, just occur- I don't know why it just occurred to me as you were saying this. I've obviously heard that phrase and that's that uh, perspective many, many times. But the more I think about it, I was like, you know, when you hear that from people and they say, you know, that's how they live their life, like you just share with us. It's very rarely people that are suffering. It's people that are having success in their life, that are having a great life. Yeah, I mean, you might, you know, it's natural to to have a moment. Maybe you need a day to lie in your bed and cry or, you know, whatever it is. But then at a certain point, you sort of have to, like, pull up your bootstraps and 
you know, get on with your life. You have two choices. You can, you can stay in that place where you don't feel good and feel like all these things are happening to you, or you can put yourself back in the driver's seat and say, no, I'm creating this for my benefit and evolution. There's a gift in here somewhere. Damn it. I'm going to find it. Yeah, that's, it's so true, right? I, I was, I was talking with my friend Chelsea the other day and it was so funny. She was having a hard time and we, I would just kind of be in there while she shared what was going on and she's kind of moping and all of a sudden she stops. I'm like, Chelsea, are you okay? She goes, maybe I should just go do something I enjoy. <laughs> so profound. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> she just we went, forget. wait a minute, why am I sitting here wallowing in this? And she goes, okay, I'm good. Bye. And she hung up and she texted me later. It's like, here's what I did. It was awesome. I don't know why I was just sitting there wallowing around in it. But we do. We get in those spots. But yeah, we do have be- that choice. You're 100% right. We always have that choice. You know, and it's sometimes even, you know, I'm just going to take you back about five years ago. I very unexpectedly got divorced. My husband at the time basically sat me down and I thought he was getting ready to go to South by Southwest. And I thought he was going to sit down with me and have a moment, a loving moment, maybe do a meditation together. And he sits down and he says, I'm depressed. I'm suicidal. I'm moving out. I was like, Oh, I felt like someone just took like an uppercut to my cheek and I was, I literally just like couldn't breathe for a second. And he, he got an Uber and walked out the door and I literally just like went straight to my bed and I lied in my bed and I turned on the TV, which I had not turned on in like just to watch like the occasional movie in maybe like four or five years. And I just like binge watched, I don't even know, Game of Thrones, Revenge, Nashville, all these shows for like a couple months And I have a spiritual teacher that I've been working with for the past 12 years. And he came to town and he was just like, all right. He's like, I was just sobbing on the kitchen table. Like, why is this happening to me? Why? And and he just was like, you have to realize that you are creating this spiritually, energetically. You are in agreement to this. You would not, this wouldn't be happening to you if you, if you weren't in agreement to it. And that's when he was the one who just told me, he's like, this is life. You've got to pull up your bootstraps and move on. And sometimes it takes having a good friend to really like tell you that, um, to kind of push you forward. And it's true. Once I was able to get past the rejection and the shock of all of it, I realized, wow, I am creating this because we were going in very different directions in our life and we did really want different things in our lives. Um, but I wasn't going to leave. I wasn't, that wasn't something I was going to do. And so I think just always remembering that you are creating this for your benefit and evolution. And there's a gift in there somewhere, even if it doesn't look like a gift at all to begin with, because I did not think there was a gift there in the beginning. Absolutely. Such, such a great point. And you're right. Sometimes you're like, how can there possibly be a gift in this? There's no way there's any gift in this. That's just stupid, you know, platitudes. But the truth is there is. There always is. Sometimes it takes a little time and a little perspective, but there is. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it takes looking at yourself in the harsh light of day. Yeah, like that's part of it too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's do this, Emily, because one of the things that our listeners love about the show is how generous our guests are in sharing, you know, their personal journeys, their personal stories. And what I'd love to ask you to share with us is a, a time in your life when, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership and, and, you know, tell us what was going on. What were you doing? What'd you trip on? And ultimately, what did you learn from that experience that's helped you move forward? 
Absolutely. Um, gosh, there's so many examples for this question. Um, you know, I was in a relationship in my twenties that, um, it was a, it was the type of relationship It was my first relationship out of college. And it ended up being about a six year long relationship and we lived together and my best friend married his best friend and we planned our whole lives together. And it was, you know, this thing that I really thought we were going to, you know, do our lives together and, and get married. And during that time, you know, we got together when we were really young. We got together when we were like maybe 20, I was maybe 23 years old. And during that time, we both got into our professional lives and he ended up being one of the original MySpace founders. And so, you know, that changed our life quite a bit and really put him sort of in this very senior position to me that he was, you know, I, I, I didn't know consciously that I was doing this until much later, but, um, but things shifted, the balance shifted in our relationship and I could feel him sort of starting to pull away. And I very much wanted that commitment with him and I wanted the ring and I wanted to be in this, like with a super tight group of friends that felt like family we did everything together. And I really wanted that to continue. And what I didn't understand was that I had, created such a grand agenda with this man. It was that like, if I get the ring, I'm going to get all these things. I'm going to get this man's love. Um, he told me that, you know, after I sell the company, we're going to go on this trip around the world together. Um, you know, so I was going to get the trip around the world. Um, I was going to stay together with this very tight new group of friends. And what I didn't understand was that by having all of those wants, I, was creating this grand agenda that made him much more senior to me. And in doing that, I was unconsciously felt like I had to prove myself and that I had to perform to match those, you know, those requirements. I, di I didn't feel that I was valuable enough just being myself. And what that did was for, I had to forsake my authenticity um, in that performance. And I didn't know back then that really only when we're being authentic, can we have true heart connections. And so I had this grand performance going on that I didn't even really know I was performing. Um, I was running a ton of masculine energy because, um, I was going to get it done no matter what. And, the whole thing crumbled to the ground. And I, you know, about around six year, around the six year mark, when I thought I was going to be getting the ring, I found out that he cheated on me and my whole life just like crumbled, you know, before my eyes and moved out of the beachfront home. All the friends sort of quietly went with him, had a strange chronic illness I developed. Needless to say, it was like my darkest point in my life. This is around 28 years old. And that's what led me to doing spiritual work. I connected with this spiritual teacher who, um, you know, back in 2006, I don't even, he may have been the Easter bunny for all I knew about spirituality, but he helped lead me to the truth of, of myself. And it, it took looking at myself in the, like I said, the mirror in the harsh light of day to really start realizing how many, how I was showing up in so many ways that were cannibalizing my chances for real love. Yeah, that's a good one.
don't know if you've heard that one before. But. Well, no. I mean, everybody's got their own experience. And, and I, I, I really appreciate what you said about you were in prove-it mode, mm -hmm. but you weren't proving it from authenticity. You were proving it in a performance way. Well, anytime we're in Prove It, we're pretty much performing. Yeah. Because we're, you know, so. But I mean, it wasn't even that's... proving that you, who you really are, was worthy. It was going, I'm not. I have to be something else. So I have to measure up to some standard you invented of what was required to be with this person. Because now he's, like you said, in the senior position. He somehow has a higher authority. Exactly. And back in those days, I knew I wasn't living my truth. I just had like no idea what my truth was or how to go about finding it. So I actually wasn't happy back in those days, but I just had, I had this life that looked really good from the outside and got so much validation from the outside world, from friends, from family, from coworkers, from whoever. Um, but I was like, well, I guess this is life. I guess this is success. And I, it took me many years before I figured out what who I really am and what really matters to me and, and the kind of life I want to live. And it's actually living in Costa Rica and doing spiritual work. I would have never found the spiritual path with that partner. That was just like not in the, that reality with him. So I'm so great. And I really look back with such gratitude. Again, I was creating that for my personal benefit and evolution. But when I first learned that at that moment, I was like, like hell I am like hell I am. I, am I creating this for my benefit? Yeah. Um, but I, I look back just with so much gratitude. Um, I wish I had more information back then so I could have handled it with more grace, but, um, but yeah, I'm very grateful. Yeah. Wow. What, what a great example. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's kind of switch gears a little bit. Like what's one of, I would call it one of your proudest moments in partnership. In other words, it's one of those things it could be romantic, but it could be family or career or whatever. But when you think back on that, you're like, wow, that was so cool. And it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been in partnership. Yeah. Um, I think I would probably say my partnership right now, um, you know, we come from very different worlds. He's from France. He, um, grew up, he was like born into a family of gypsies in the, in the, you know, woods of France and, um, I'm California girl. And, we got together and I just have this very strong entrepreneurial spirit and this great vision. And that's very different than the way he was raised in just France in general. And I just, I feel like one of my gifts is being able to see, uh, other people's gifts, even when they can't see them for themselves. And I basically just said, I have this vision and I believe in us and I believe in you. And you know, are you in? And at first he wasn't really that in, but I just kept seeing just his power and just what he could bring to the table. And we did our, I invited him. I'd been leading retreats for a number of years, which is actually how I got to Costa Rica. Um, I'll tell you that story in a second, but I invited him to come do, he's an amazing chef and would always cook for me when I first moved here. And I said, you know, why don't you do the food for my retreat instead of me hiring a chef? And he's like, well, I've never really cooked for anybody besides just like my family. And he ended up just doing this amazing food for, um, you know, 10 women that have very picky tastes, um, doing the surf lessons, 
doing the, the fire for the moon ceremony. And we realized we're just this incredible team. We had this incredible synergy together. We have very different skills. We have a very different approach to life in some ways, but, um, together we're super strong. And then I mean, we've really only been together for three years. And in that time we've, um, been able to find two amazing different plots of land here in Costa Rica. And we just finished building the first structure on a retreat center, done three sold out retreats, made a baby. <laughs> so lots of synergy. That's but really yet, cool. But yet we do have a lot of challenges as well. Um, we, we are the most unforgiving mirrors <laughs> of each other's behavior. And so it's, um, I'm proud of us and I'm proud of the way that we handle our conflict because actually of all my relationships, there's a substantial amount of conflict within this one. And I didn't capture you said, you said you're unforgiving what? Mirrors. Mirrors. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things about partnership. It's like full-on personal development time. Oh, my gosh. It's like, oh, I do that? I have to do that because that's really driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm just, I'm happy that we just, we just keep in it and we keep looking at ourselves and we keep growing through it and not easy at all but it's it's definitely worth it and i feel myself softening as a result nice so i wanted to ask you something because you made the comment about um you know you can you can notice people's gifts even when they can't notice it themselves mm-hmm. why do you think it's so challenging for people to notice it themselves i think it has a lot to do with if you uh, if you were raised around people that really believed in you and really validated you and um and especially if somebody validates you who's also living their truth and and utilizing their own gifts because it's one thing you know and i bless my mom's heart she is just like such an amazing amazing woman she always told me oh you're so fabulous you're so smart you could be president of the united states but I would look at her and I would see that she's not living her, she's not using her gifts. Mm-hmm. She wasn't living her dreams. So it was hard for me to like really believe her. And it took until much later in my life when I really did connect with this spiritual teacher who's this incredible artist who showcased his art all around the world and a writer and just really a, a really incredible creative personality and he's also a clairvoyant and he was just like you have so much creativity he goes you have more creativity in your pinky finger than i have in my entire reality he goes you have to be a writer you need to write your story and some that validation from a creator i feel like really helped me helped me break through with to use my own creative gifts and then i think because my partner sees me living my dreams, creating the business of my dreams, working with women, helping women. And also, you know, I wrote a book and I play guitar and dance burlesque and do all of these other things that I didn't do until I was in my early thirties because I didn't think I had a creative bone in my body up until that point. Um, he saw, well, wow, she didn't think she could do these things. And then she gave herself permission. Well, maybe I can too. Yeah. Permission is such a huge thing. Yeah, my mantra is be the beginner because as a beginner, you're not supposed to know anything anyways. So any step you take 
is success. You cannot fail when you give yourself permission to be the beginner. And I think as adults, we sort of stop giving ourselves permission to be mm-hmm. the beginner. We, we, we think, oh, well, we have to, I'm, I can only do that if I'm good at it. Like, I'm, I'm maybe not even allowed to do it if, if I'm not good at it, which is so crazy. Um, I've really found, you know, in our culture, we think the reward comes at the end, but the reward is really in the process. And we really don't like being in a process as humans because the process is messy and the process, you know, reveals the cracks and shows our imperfections. But the process is where all the good stuff lives. You know, the process is where, you know, the joy and fulfillment are and and really where the expansion is. And in that place where we grow and expand, that's where the light comes in. And so I've just found, I mean, like I said, I play guitar and my, my happiest moment with guitar is not when the song is done and I'm performing it. It's when I'm actually writing the song. It's like I can feel myself like just having this incredible expansion and feeling of satisfaction or that, that I'm creating something new. Yeah, I, I love that mantra, be the beginner. It's so interesting because I, I was working with a client just the other day and she's done tons of different work on herself and very, very heady, very intellectual and she admitted to me, she said, you know, there's so many times in my day that I'm surprised at my level of mastery with things. I just don't give myself credit for what I know. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, well, what if you gave yourself permission to be a master at beginning? I love that. What if you just said, I'm the best at not knowing anything? Exactly. Such a powerful place to be. Huge it's so freedom. freeing. Huge it's freedom. so freeing. Yes. I, I, I was reminded as you were sharing that, I, I used to work with a guy named Scott who we worked at a tech company and he was one of the most senior people there. And he would be on the phone with the client and every time it came time to like execute whatever they were doing, he'd be like, well, hang on, you know I'm a beginner. He'd that. been there for 10 years. And people in the I office were like, how does he say that? He goes, I, I always have more to learn. I'm always a beginner. Yeah, there's... um. There's a quote that said that of um, from Zen Mind, the, the book Zen Mind, and it says, "In the beginner's mind, the possibilities are many; in the expert's mind, the possibilities are few." So whenever anyone like, and I'm on podcasts, people say, "Oh, this is an expert in this," and I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm a beginner." <laughs> nice. Um, but but yeah, it's um, it's really that mantra of being the beginner is the. I, I can thank that shift in perspective for the entire path that I'm on now, because up until, you know, my early thirties, I was, I was very much climbing the corporate ladder. I was, you know, a senior consultant for a top fortune 100 company and, you know, had all the stuff of life and just was like, something big is missing. And I couldn't figure out what it is because I was working over it, shopping over it, working out over it, traveling over it, trying to fill this void within my heart. And it was a deep void that of me not living my truth, not knowing who I was and not attracting the love that I deeply craved. I am, um, you know, adorning my body with all these sparkly things to make up for the light that wasn't really burning inside of me. And it wasn't until my teacher gifted me with that wisdom bomb, you know, because he asked me, he's like, what are you doing that's creative? And I was like, eh, I'm not really creative. And he laughed. And I was just, he was just like, you're so creative. And I was like, no, my, you know, my dad's this incredible painter. But I was like, I think that gene skipped me. And he's like, 
creativity is not a genetic thing. It's an energy that's a natural part of being human, but you're freezing yourself out of your natural creative flow with your attempt to be perfect. And I was like, oh, and he said, you know, look in nature. A flower isn't perfectly straight. A tree isn't perfectly symmetrical. You're part of nature, right? So how do I could you be perfect? Well, the answer is you can't, but to constantly reference yourself to something that doesn't actually exist means you're walking around in a constant state of judgment of yourself. And all of our thoughts have energy vibrations associated with them. And that vibration of judgment is so dense that it's blocking the natural creative flow from coursing through your body and getting to your hands, which are your creative channels. And then he said, you know, you don't have to be perfect to participate. You just have to give yourself permission to be the beginner. And I didn't instantly feel creative, but <laughs> I was like, boom, okay, let's go. Um, but it all resonated as a really deep truth to me. So I kept working with him and it took a couple years um, until finally one day, just the apathy was just like eating me from the inside out. And there's this like voice in my mind that wouldn't leave me alone. That was just like, when are you going to do something that you're passionate about that matters to you? And so he told me, you know, I see you're a writer and you really have to write your story. It's going to heal your heart. And I was like, you know, I don't even know how to begin. And he, I think he might tell me to go take a course at UCLA extension or online program or something. And he was like, for the next 30 days before you go to bed, you just set an intention that you're recovering your innate creative passion. And then you should be the beginner. I'm like, no, just be the beginner. Okay. Um, but I had nothing to lose. And I just felt so uncomfortable that, that I went for it. And the next thing I know, I'm not even kidding you. I wrote a 600 page book. And during that time, I started to play guitar and sing and write songs and paint paintings and do improv and dance burlesque and accessing the creative created a cascade of spiritual changes throughout my life that forever changed the way I see myself and the way that I see the world and really created that light on the inside that then became what I understand and how I understand relationship is when we have our light on, it is absolutely humanly, physically, spiritually, cosmically impossible for other people to not be drawn to that light. So um, what I love about what you just said, Emily, is, you know, you made the comment of you weren't instantly creative. It didn't just like a bing. Okay, yes. here comes all my creative mm -hmm. abilities. And you made me remember there was this is years ago. There were a bunch of us getting together and we were going to play what's that game? Cranium. I love that game. And, you know, sometimes you got to draw and sometimes you got to sculpt and do all this stuff. And one of my friend's boyfriends was getting his master's degree in art. He was a very, very good artist. So everybody's like, oh, Rick's going to be the best. He's just this is ridiculous. It's not even fair to have him on a team. He was terrible. Nobody had a clue what he was doing. Well, it wasn't the pressure. It was that he was, everybody else was like, we didn't, we were beginners, right? So we weren't sitting there trying to interpret it and make a bigger statement. We were just like, draw a cat. And he's like making no, he, it pretty he's and like whatever. He's like pressuring himself, yeah, right? Yeah, it yeah. was fascinating because everybody thought he would be the best one. And it, it became a joke. Like We're like, don't let Rick do it. He, he's terrible. Nobody can understand what he's doing. And to him, it was clear as could be, but he was at a totally different level. 
Yeah, no, it's it's very it's very. And when I'm talking about the judgment, it's our own judgment that stops us in our tracks. You know, it's our own perception that we have to be at a certain level that you know prevents the flow. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. So this is so cool. I love everything we've been talking about. Here's the bummer. We don't have more time. Oh. I wish we did. <laughs> but we have a little bit of time. So what I'd like to do, Emily, is, is do something I call bring it all home. And this is where we're going to shift out of stories. We're going to leave our listeners with some little concrete nuggets they can take with them. And one thing I wanted to ask you, and, and maybe you've touched on this. I, you may have a different answer. I don't know. But what I'd like to know is, for you personally, what's the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Um, the best partnership or relationship advice? Well, relationship is like a potluck dinner. And if you show up at a potluck dinner and you don't have anything that you've brought to put on the table, there's going to be nothing to feast on. And so, you know, in the beginning of relationships, it's new, it's exciting, there's the physical attraction, but that lasts about six months. And then you need to bring something to the table. So you need to go out into your own life and be excited, be passionate, have your own passions so you can come back and bring something into the relationship to feed the relationship and to feast on. I love that analogy. I love that yeah, so, so <laughs> much because you're totally right. It, everybody's got to contribute, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I would add to that, if you're the host of the potluck dinner, but you go ahead and make a full meal, you're not actually honoring that they have a space to bring what they want to contribute. Exactly. You've already yeah, done everything. And so many times that's what happens. You're like, well, I don't want it to fail, so I'm going to go ahead and bring everything. And then if they bring something, we can add it in. Yeah, that's what, you know, because I, I work with women who want to call love into their lives. And what, one thing I see women do a lot, and this is what I did back in that relationship in my 20s, is when the man isn't stepping up, sometimes the woman tries to step up and play his part. Mm -hmm. And that is unconsciously emasculating him. And so that sort of speaks to your point that sometimes you have to like lean back a little bit and let everybody have their place and their time to share and to contribute. And if they don't step up and they don't want to contribute, you have your answer. Next. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's, I would say it's different than leaning back. It's just simply going, if I say it's a potluck, I have to honor that it's a potluck. I'm not going to do everything anyhow because I don't trust you to actually bring something. You yeah. have to go great. And if you show up with nothing and all we have is what I made... That tells me a lot. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. I love that. I love that. So we talked about your book that's coming out. When is that coming out? Do you know yet? Um, 2019. I'm in the process right now. Well, that's just a couple first. weeks. So like, <laughs> there's the end. You better yes. get on it, Emily. You got to hurry up. <laughs> yes. It's, awesome. it's all in the process right Fantastic. now. Fantastic. I love it. Well, let me ask you this then. What would you recommend to our listeners as either a book or a resource that you feel like if you had to pick one, that would be the one you'd point them to regarding partnership and relationships? It's so funny because for so long, I've just been working so dedicatedly with my teacher who's 
a clairvoyant who has information that's not in books. And so I, I just, he's like my, my go-to library. Um, I don't know if I can answer that question right now. I'm so focused. I'm just really of the mind that if you tend to your acre, that then you can show up in your wholeness to then connect with another person. So I believe even books just like The Power of Now, like The Four Agreements, um, books that return you to your own inspiration for yourself allow you then to show up as a whole person in your partnership. So I don't know if it's really a book like here, this is how you be in a relationship, like calling in the one or something mm-hmm. like that. But but I think I think just the more that you can, you know, it's it's very count my experience with love and and with my clients that I've that I help guide them is that it's so much less about out there and about doing something to get the man or the woman out there. It's, it's all inside of ourselves. So the more that we learn how to light yourself up from the inside and find your own passions and your own inner kindness, that's when you become a magnet for high quality partners. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. It's all vibrational. Very true. I do have an ebook called unstoppable woman that is short, 29 pages. And that book um, can help you access your creativity. If you think that your creativity is dormant, or if it is dormant, but you think you're not a creative person, um, I assure you that you are. And I take you through a five-step process in that book. And that is on my website. Nice. Fabulous. Well, let's let's share that then. How would our listeners contact you or find out? How do they learn more about what you do? Absolutely. Well, my website is emilyperera.com and that's P-E-R-E-I-R-A. And you can find out a lot about me there. I lead retreats here in Costa Rica for women um, who want to regain your enthusiasm and spark for life. It's called the Mermaid Sisterhood. And I also, my clients call me the Relationship Whisperer. Um, so I do one-on-one coaching for women who are ready for that, just like adoring, passionate, I got your back no matter what kind of love. And I also have my ebook um, on my website as well. So Fantastic. all of those things you can find on my website. Excellent. And, and for everybody who was like, wait, 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 what did she say? Don't worry. It's going to be on the website. So you just go to speakingpartnership.com, type in Emily's name. On her show page, you will see all the links to everything she just offered you. So it'll be really, really easy for you. Well, Emily, I share a lot. I share a lot of writings and insights too on Instagram, and I'm oh, at cool. Emily Be- at Emily Begins based on Be the Beginner. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. I love it. Always beginning. <laughs> I, yeah. Why not? Well, this has been great. I love your stories, your insights. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Ken. What an honor. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. 
Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.